Hello and welcome back, dear listener. You thought we'd gone away, didn't you? You thought it was safe, but no, we're back again. Apologies for last week. Uh, we skipped a week because we couldn't make our uh, our kind of personal calendars mix and meld and all that good stuff. Sometimes it happens, you know, life just gets in the way. But we're back this week. Uh, I am Chris, your usual host, and I'm joined, as ever, by Phil and Jez. Good evening to you both. Good evening. And uh, we have lots to talk about. Now, obviously, we are French Football Weekly, the podcast. We are going to go over the last weekend's results. Uh, we're not actually going to go back two weeks because we figured by now you'll be fully aware of what's gone on. So we're just going to go back to last week and have a look at uh, some of the stories that have happened in midweek as well and take a look at the upcoming internationals because, yes, there's another international break on the near horizon. So let's uh, take ourselves back to last weekend's results first of all, and um, we'll pick a couple of, of these out as we go. Uh, Lille winning 2-0 against Nolt in the opening game of the weekend, which was on the 25th of September, all that time ago, last month in fact. Uh, Nicola Palois with an own goal and Burke Yilmaz with his first for his new club from the penalty spot in the 87th minute tying it up. On the Saturday games we saw an impressive Rennes side run out 3-0 winners away at Etienne and another lovely goal from Jurassic in that one sandwiched between Agar's header and Unu's late third so that's a, a very good result for Rennes, may touch on those in a moment. Uh, Marseille are always going to Marseille but my god Jez did I feel for you. Um, should should be sat here with six points mm, out of six from <laughs> but away Mess again, a mess. Well, the, yeah. Come closer to the mic, Jez. We need to hear your pain. You, you were very quiet there. Um, yeah, I, I just felt like it, it. You should be sat here with six points from from PSG and Marseille, and then at, right at the death. I think this one was almost worse because I don't know. Well, actually, is it worse because you kind of outplayed PSG, but you, they had so much of the playmats in this game. Um, Nian with the opening goal and Sanson with the gets the ninety fourth minute he equalised. Just Marseille. Just, oh, it just winds me up. They, they just did not deserve anything from the game, in, in my humble opinion. But nevertheless, uh, I mean, are you happy with a point away generally? If you'd offered it to me beforehand, then absolutely. But considering how it came about. Absolutely not. Yeah. But if you that... also consider the day I had with Brighton, <laughs> frankly, <that's laughs> yeah. definitely the better of the two results. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, look, if you if you told me that we'd come out of Lille, P- Monaco, Lille, PSG, and Marseille with a minus three goal difference, I'd have been delighted. Mm. But um, the way it's turned out, just one point out of all of them is not ideal. Yeah. Um, so I think there's there's positives to take and the fact that Nian has started scoring is very, very important, but it just heaps a lot more pressure on the matches that we now have now that we sort of got through what, what was a very tough opening to the season. Yeah. And, yeah. and that means, of course, upcoming, we'll come to later, but it's the Jez versus Chris Derby at the weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, and we just snapped our losing streak, which we'll come on to, to get ready for that. But um, yeah, yeah, indeed. So that did is, we. Yeah, good point. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid that. We just feel like losers. <laughs> yeah, true. True that. Um, but so, yes, we will touch on the weekend's fixtures uh, a little bit later on, but that is indeed coming up this weekend. Um, 
a little, uh, we'll, we'll light a little candle at this point for Bordeaux fans. Uh, they've seen three home matches this season and three nil-nil draws. The latest was a nil-nil game against Nice. Um, and yeah, it wasn't the best based upon what I saw. So feel for Bordeaux. I mean, if nothing else, they're, they're rigid at the back and they're not shipping goals. So, I mean, you know, every positive, I suppose. Uh, certainly wasn't nil-nil in a couple of other games, though. Angers beating Brest by three goals to two in a bit of a thriller. Uh, Stephen Mounier with his second goal back in French football from the penalty spot for Thieu equalised. Chabonnier put Nice, uh, put, nice put Brest back in front before Traore. And uh, Fulgini, who's a player I have a little bit of a soft spot for, got the winner with 10 minutes to go in that particular game. Good win that for Angers. Uh, Dijon Montpellier, a bit of a thriller again in this one, Phil. The In the rain, uh, 2-2 draw. And yeah, then with the it, opener. That, that was very much the weather game of the weekend, mm. I think. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, Dino Bimbe open scoring for Dijon Delors, obviously, equalised. Ekuli Manga got put Dijon back ahead at the 80-minute mark and then a 90th-minute penalty from the one, the only, Teji Savania, mm. to get a point there. I think, the you know, Montpellier have had a good run so far, so... Um, yeah, a draw here. It was a bit annoying because obviously Dijon were bottom of the table, so we were hoping this was going to be something uh, they could uh, they could uh, carry away the three points. But uh, yeah. those runs have to end at some point. <sighs> and and ice in his veins from from Teji Zavani as well for that late oh. penalty. Um, uh, Deschamps been been saying some nice things about him in the uh, in the press today ahead of the, the latest mm. France squad, which we'll come on to. So I think he, he's starting to get close to knocking at the door. Although, as not, Deschamps also said, there's a few ahead of him. Not convinced about that. To be honest, watching the press conference, but no, he, he, he didn't exactly um, he didn't exactly uh, come out with streamers, did he? <laughs> some nice words, but cagey words at the same time. I think he, he alluded to the fact there was another 49 other players they were watching. So yeah, we will um, we will. <laughs> touch on that but good uh, good little player to watch um oh, i've got a little bit of a, a thing for him as well i've got a lot of soft spots for a lot of players but still uh, another player i have a soft spot for um otherwise known as the rat bless him Wissam ben yedda with uh, two goals in monaco's 3-2 win over uh, over strasbourg uh, this was a bit of a strange one monaco were absolutely dominant two nil up going into the break and ben yedda with his first and ruben aguilar with a header of all things to make it 2-0. And then right after half-time, Jahiri got on back for Strasbourg. Benyeda made it 3-1. You thought, yeah, OK, all done and dusted. And then Monaco went a little bit nuts. Uh, Shuameni got his second yellow card of the game, was sent off. Dissas, he followed him just 10 minutes later. A little bit of got one back from the penalty spot. Uh, and then uh, I think towards the end of the game, you had Fabregas and Benyeda both subbed. And it was all out, pack the defence and hold on for dear life for uh, Monaco. But they did hold on and uh, celebrated in fashion after the game as well. So a good win for them, and we may touch on them in a minute in a bit more depth. Uh, Neiman Lons drew 1-1. Uh, Lons' uh, very impressive start to their season continues. Ganago put them in front, but uh, Ferhat, who else, got the leveller for Neiman with three minutes to go. Lons uh, so close to winning again. But yeah, a good start to their season. I don't think they'll be too, too, compu- too concerned by that one. Um, and uh, Lorient... Literally the only thing that made me happy this weekend was did, did us being pegged back. 
yeah, they, they, they've been impressive. It's, it, I don't really want to admit it either, but they have been really good so far this season. Um, Lorient haven't been brilliant, it would be fair to say, of late, but they have uh, snapped the losing streak, as I mentioned a short time ago. Uh, Johan Wister with an absolute banger in off the bar to put them in front against Lyon before Leo Dubois with his left foot, I think I'm right saying, uh, with a curler from just inside the box of all people to level it up that one ended 1-1 one, one, longest VAR check in well, living history seemingly in that game yeah, and that was uh, a VAR check that had like a, a, a ad break in the middle of it it went on so really lengthy yeah and if you haven't seen it it's basically Pierre-Yves Hamel uh, sort of received the ball to uh, set up the assist for Wieser and, and it looked suspiciously like he was a mile off from one angle but you saw another angle and he looked just about level it's a very strange one it would never have been given in the Premier League but that's another geometry yeah yeah I, 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 do, I do think he was just about Unless on it was Man United well of course I mean if it was United they'd have been given four penalties before the game but uh, yeah it, it was one it was after one of, and one wow. after it was it was one right on the edge, but um, I think in that situation, common sense prevailed and you give advantage to the attacking team. I would say that, of course. Um, and it was very much attacking team at, at the forefront of Sunday's game as well, uh, where PSG I, ran out 2-0 winners over Rafs. Uh, yeah, how, 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 okay, I need to rant a little bit about this. Rouse have had a pretty terrible couple of weeks. So they're out of Europe... Uh, after um, they managed to beat Servette in the second qualifying Europa round. And it was at that point I realised that Europa qualifying is one leg this year. Um, and then in the third qualifying round, they were uh, knocked out by Fehavar from Hungary on penalties with amusingly Fockett getting um, sent off at the 115th minute. And who's their goalkeeper? Is that um, Rajkovic? Is yeah. the round's goalkeeper? Well, he's got a bit of a reputation for being a penalty specialist in Ligue but that didn't help him here anyway. So they were second bottom of the table. They've been knocked out of the Europa League on penalties. And PSG played a front four. Very much so. Very confused about that situation because why would you bother? The the um the the because watching the game, the thing that struck me about it was the the change or implementation of of system change from from Tuchel because Neymar was deployed very very deep in this game, and I wonder if perhaps PSG went into this game thinking rounds are hard. Hard sort of tough nut to crack in terms of their home form. They've been pretty decent at home, as you said. They've been on this this sort of uh, this this rotten run of form, and you just sort of thought may, maybe Tuchel thought, well, let's try something different. And as you said, there was a, a front technically a front four on paper, but it was very much Icardi was the spearhead, Mbappe was sort of drifting into pockets wide, as was Di Maria, and and yeah, Neymar was very much sat in the in, in alongside Julian Draxler of all people, kind of in that central midfield role and, and it seemed to work I'm not 100% sure it would work against with all due respect around a, a bigger and better side and certainly a side that that would require Neymar to be going the other way but you know it was I don't know whether it was a bit of a publicity thing in terms of Neymar he, he had a brilliant performance that night and he was for me he looked noticeably better behaved there was no sort of rolling around there was no back chat there was no sort of 
gesticulating with arms at every decision. He, he just seemed to be a player focused on his game. I wonder if something had come up. It gives us kind of a nice segue. Um, well, I'd, I mean, I'd, I'd suggest it's the other way around. I'd suggest if you're going to try it, hmm. then try it in a match that you're kind of pretty much odds on to win. Yeah. Yeah, game, fair enough. You know, and and they are playing Angers uh, on Friday, so ditto. Keep going. Yeah, I, it, yeah. I, I can certainly see both sides, and I, I'm not for a minute saying it was a, is a bad choice. I'm definitely a good choice. I just wonder whether uh, whether it almost gives you sort of a false impression of of what Neymar can do. I mean, it, I guess the acid test will be whether he uses that in it in a, a game of sort of high, not higher importance, but a, against a higher level side. I, I suppose we will see. Um, well, I thought I can't remember now if it was Champions League or, or Marseille. It was a match that PSG lost, and there was I saw sort of interesting debates on 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 the internet about whether you know some people were saying Neymar's trying to do much too much, and you know he's trying to be one of the main attackers, but he's also dropping ridiculously deep, and they were sort of showing stills of him pretty much behind the midfield line to get the ball. And then there were other people saying, well, he's doing that because the rest of the team is so useless. He has to do that. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if there's an element of someone kind of trying to make a point somewhere that, um, you know, either he shouldn't be doing too much or if he likes dropping back so much, try playing him in that position and mm. see if he can bring more to it there and, and maybe... Yeah. By dropping there, he's not so inclined to push forward or, you know, by permanently getting the ball deep, he's going to have to look to pass it rather than try to beat seven people every time he gets the ball. Um, and also just the, the very simple strategic point that if he's going to drop back, if he was nominally in a, a more of attacking position, that was going to leave a hole. Whereas if you put him in a position where he's supposed to be there, then you can cover that with, as we said, a nominal front four. You've got Mbappe, Cardi, and Di Maria as the front three. And then if Neymar is placed further back, it means he's going to have less uh, a less negative impact on the, the attack if he's where he's going to be anyway. Yeah. I, I feel I feel like it will work playing him deeper, but I just feel that PSG need a far better defensive screen in order to do that. Um, and and I don't I don't see that as Marquinhos because I'd rather have him at centre back. I feel like they need a a proper sort of a, a aggressive, um, sizable midfielder. You know, Verratti is is brilliant at what he does, but say again. I still think they've got jet for the most part a really poor squad. I mean, not even, not just can't aspire to win the Champions League squad. I think it's the average squad and they're lucky to have just three or four absolutely world-class players. Yeah, um, and match winners, yeah. I mean, Tuchel in his press conference today was kind of impliedly saying it's certainly weaker than last year. But, you know, if they're sort of resorting to trying to get Deli Ali on loan, then... Mm. Hmm. I mean, I mean they might as well give up the, now, really. Just the, the left-back situation now, because I was got myself in a bit of bother and uh, Bernard obviously is injured, but they've got Baca back there, which yeah. is not what you'd expect from this level of club. No, he's done very well, but in, again, in the elite competition, 
I, I think that would be a worry for me. I think, yeah, he's yeah. he's he's played uh, sort of very. At some point, the Champions League is going to start again. I, mm. I frankly, I have no idea when, but um, yeah. Well, I think uh, yeah. I mean, Backer, I thought played really well in the two cup finals. Mm whenever they were, kind of June or August or whatever it was. Yeah, of us know yeah. what day it is. It at is currently October. At least day. you can kind of say, at least you can say, you know, Baka is the sort of third choice in that position. I mean, yeah. you can argue about whether the second choice is a world-class left back as well, but at least you can say, well, look, circumstances have, have led to the fact that he has to play there. My, my concern is more, for example, the midfield, where the first choice is just not very good, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, and then the players have been linked with, like you said, I mean, Ali, for me, is just a weird one. I don't I don't see anything in that, personally. Bakayoko, I can sort of see... I'm kind of well, seeing... Well, RMC the... have just said that's not happening. Oh, have they? Okay, so that, that one's off the table then. Um, I mean, yeah, sure, sure. That Tuchel's definitely making noises to suggest he wants players in. I do, I do think. I think we said this last. But they also, in the same bit, they say that about Bakayoko. They always, they also say that Tuchel wants Rudiger from, yeah. from Chelsea, which and is a, another weird just one. See Chelsea's hilarious responses to that to to see what they think of him. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm not sure. I I think Rudiger is, is is decent, but I don't really. I suppose he's. I suppose he is an upgrade on what they've got right now. I guess because it's Marquinhos, Kimpembe, and a another, isn't it? It's not really a a sort of in depth centre back partnership they've got there. But yeah, it, it does it does seem like a bit of a a bit of a pressure situation looming in terms of getting players in. I guess we'll see what will happen in the coming days before the window shuts. Um, just before we move on to uh, a couple of other things I want to look up from the weekend. Um, Jez, you... Yeah, you sorry, tweeted, I ruined your segue earlier. You did. You, you absolutely <laughs> cut me un, from under there. Damn you. Um, but you did tweet your views on the um, outcome, if that's the word. I'm not sure it is, but that's the one I'm going to go with, about the Neymar-Alvaro-Gonzalez situation, where basically the uh, the lawmakers turned around and said, nah, basically. Um, they, they essentially said they didn't have enough... Uh, evidence that was conclusive, shall we say, to to punish both. Um, I find this strange, and of course, it has led to a number of people getting out their farmers' league puns and all that crap once again. Oh, French league can't manage itself. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Um, but uh, that aside, I do find it. Yes, Premier League has got a fantastic record of dealing. With oh, absolutely, and, and the Liga and Serie A is definitely not corrupt. But we'll leave those aside. I just find it strange that to me, there's enough evidence in that game that stuff was said. And I think in, in my opinion, you throw the book at them to a degree. If you can, if you can prove it, you throw the book at them heavily. If you can't prove it, you throw the book at them, at least with a token gesture. You say, right, three game ban for both. And you set a precedent. We've just seen a, a game last night in America where a team forfeit a match because of homophobic abuse. We're seeing racial abuse continue. I am Landon Donovan Stan right now. Yeah. And I mean brilliant way to respond to that. Yeah. So so if that if that's happening, you know, and that's uh, and this same team suffered racial abuse the previous game, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's the stand they've made. And yet the the, so the French authorities are saying, well, we can't prove it, so no case to answer here, Gov. Um, Jess, do you want to just let people know what you tweeted about this and what your view was on this? Because I thought it was it was quite well put. 
I have to be completely honest. I just tweeted it as a bit of a wind-up. <laughs> <laughs> Got me. No, no, I mean, I tweeted what's the French for bottles it. To be honest, though, I, mean, I, I have not paid a lot of attention to all the videos and the he, you know, he said, she said kind of thing because I can't lip read. I'm not fluent in Spanish or Portuguese. So there's not much point in me looking at these clips and um, saying, yeah, look, that he clearly said this or that there. Um, but certainly from all of the coverage, it certainly seems like um, pretty indisputably that Alvaro said something. Um, Neymar seems slightly more debatable. There's clearly been a hell of a lot of politicking in the background by PSG, but certainly by Marseille. Um, I think they probably forced themselves into the situation by so publicly um, saying that Alvaro is completely innocent, there's no way he did anything, you know, all those sort of um, embarrassingly um, manufactured photos of, of Alvaro posing with his, um, with his black teammates saying, look, I can't be racist because, you know, some of my best teammates are black. The whole thing is just very unsavoury and uh, when it's sort of put on top of Le, Le Grey. I don't know what he was thinking or what he really meant saying there's no racism in French football. Oh, Jesus. He's got that fucking dick, Patrice Evra, trying to make it all about him as usual. The whole thing is just a complete mess. And yeah, like I said, it seems there's enough evidence that at least one of them should have received something and I wouldn't be surprised if the LFP said, look, we're dealing, one of the people we're dealing with is arguably the biggest star in the league. Um, it's going to cause, you know, you see how like, for example, Lyon Marseille matches are still so nasty based on, on things from two, three, four years ago. This could cause years worth of real nastiness in, in the classic when it's bad enough to, and hard enough to handle as it is. Um, we're either going to have to, as you said, I don't agree that three-match ban would have been enough. I think you, you, either they're guilty and you have to give them a huge ban or you say there's not enough evidence and you don't give them anything. Um, and I think they just took the, the easy way out, but it doesn't sit comfortably at all. And no. Vieira pretty much said so in his press conference today as well. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Did you, did you want to say anything on, on that, Phil, just with regards to the, that situation? Oh, if I, I mean, was probably a lot, but... something on this, Jesus. I, um, this is the thing as well. I think what I feared after the match was a lot, bunch of people going, is racism worse? Is spitting worse? Is homophobia worse? What is the one we don't want? What do we not want to see in football? And... It does feel a bit like homophobia is the one is just, oh, it's just lads, it's just stuff being said. So that's why I'm so pleased by what how we've seen uh, recently with um, Landon Donovan and, and that team saying mm. we're going to walk away. Well, yeah. mm. and, and it is difficult, as Jess says, you know, the the league is looking at this going, oh, fucking hell, what do we do? What do we do? We're going to get hit from every side, whatever we do. But I think the decision they're taking is, yes, if they uh, ignore 
for example, homophobia or racism, they're going to be hit by, inverted commas, the snowflakes. Uh, whereas if they uh, put in a big sanction against someone who is racist or homophobic, then they're going to piss off, you know, inverted commas, the regular football fan. And I think that is massively um, insulting to regular football fans and also seriously underestimates uh, what the people they call snowflakes actually are. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's one of those things where as soon as you saw this starting to happen, I was like, I don't care. Because I know whatever happens from this will not be good. Yeah, so, yeah agreed. And, and, and having, having played... Are. Having played the game at the lowest lowest of levels myself. Because I was banned for how long for kicking someone in the ankle? I mean, yeah, and, and don't get me wrong, he should have been, but yeah. there's a difference between but the levels of punishment based on the That's something everybody can accept, whereas yeah. the other stuff is just... Yeah. If, oh, if you, yeah, yeah, you're so sensitive. Yeah. If you, um, if you play the game... I'm writes about football on the internet. So you play the game at a lower level um, <laughs> on, a, on a Sunday morning, as I'm sure Jazz has and, and as I have, you do hear a lot of things. The one thing you very, very rarely hear in the modern era, even at the lowest levels that we've played at, is either homophobic or racist abuse because it's, it, it, it's very much highlighted nowadays. It's not like the 80s or, or the early 90s where it was just accepted. It is very much a big thing now, and we get sent very clear guidelines um even at, even at the, the lowest tier of football these days so at the top tier there's just no excuse um well, I, that's actually good to hear because obviously i don't play amateur football yeah um and so and some of the stories i hear from that is problematic and so hearing that that is kind of controlled and there are people there who are going to stand up and say oi mate no yeah yeah, exactly that, yeah. And it's very it's... useful. And like you say, if someone playing in a pub game on a Sunday is going to say, mate, shut up, yeah, then why the hell can't that be the case at the higher level? Should be. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I'm not, I'm for, for, don't for a minute think I'm saying it doesn't happen at our level. It does. But it's 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 a lot less and, and very, very much frowned on at this level and, and should be at the top level. We'll um we'll draw a line there because I feel like we've we've covered that. Um just to give people a bit of a breakdown of the table before we move on, uh we've got a, a, a sort of a, a three three uh way clash if you will at the top we've got one clear leader with uh with one clear second place and then was it four four teams yeah challenging in, in the third place we've got ren at the top 13 points they won four out of their first five games undefeated uh leal are currently second with 11 points and then you've got Montpellier, saint etienne monaco and Lons. yes Lons on 10 points uh, making up the top six psg moving ominously into place behind them on nine uh, with Angers, Marseille and Nice making up the top 10 and down at the bottom uh, Dijon kind of rotten start to their season they did pick up a draw as Phil mentioned earlier on with Montpellier this weekend but it's their first point of the season uh, they're joined by Rams who've also only got one point Strasbourg with just the one win this season four defeats and, and uh, one win so they are sitting on three points 
with uh, Mats and Lorient cousins next to each other in 17th and 16th with Nantes, Nîmes, Brest, Bordeaux and uh, rather surprisingly, shall we say, Lyon in 11th, uh, reading up the table. Um, just wanted to, just before we look at the uh, the France squad, which we wanted to talk about, we're also going to talk about European draws. Um, Jez, I just wanted to ask your thoughts on business sort of in and out. Obviously, a lot of it concerns Leon at the moment. They've signed Lucas Paquita today, um, and it looks like Jeffrey Adelaide is going to be the first uh, departure um, with that situation there. The chairman, Jean-Michel, has come out this week and said that clubs looking to buy his players have got until tomorrow. Um, my view won't surprise you to know that I think that's a load of old tosh. Um, but obviously, he is trying to get business done quickly, and he's trying to get these these deals done. I watched Leon obviously when, when they played Lorient at the weekend and I felt like they just looked like a complete shell of the side that got to the, the Champions League um, sort of latter stages. Do you feel that they are able to turn this around with the right ins and outs in no. before this window shuts? Because they just look to me like a side going completely the opposite way. And, and you've highlighted Juninho as being a lovely guy and you know looking the part, but not a lot of business seems to be getting done other than squad players being sold on. I think they're in a complete mess. And you, you'd say that they look a shell of the Champions League team. They do. But the problem is that I think the Champions League was the exception, not this. And this is just a continuation from last year. And I think it, it sort of just shows how quickly things can change. Like You look at Wren. I was reading today about, um, for a thing, about um, when Sabri Namushi left, uh, left Wren and, and articles kind of, ripping the piss out of the club and saying, you know, this is what they do, constantly changing managers, changing presidents, everything's a mess there. They're never going to get anywhere without any consistency or that kind of thing. And then all it takes is for a manager to be not sacked immediately, for um, a couple of the younger players to be given chances, proper runs in the first team, and suddenly they're on their way and they look like Leon used to look and Leon looked like Ren used to look. I just think everything there is a mess. And Garcia is rightly getting a lot of criticism, but I think it's very, very simplistic and easy to, to blame him. Um, you know, the, this mess started before him. And for me, it started... I mean, arguably, I was looking at um, Lyon coach's win percentages the other day, and actually, Genesio is the highest of the last five or six coaches. Oh. And... Um, it wasn't always great. Of course it wasn't. And he's not the most sort of engaging personality or anything like that. But, you know, we've discussed several times before that the abuse he got was absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, be careful what you wish for. Everything since he left has gone wrong. Um, I do put a lot, much more blame on Juninho than anyone else. I just think he seems useless. It was a it was a huge risk. It was maybe a calculated risk. He's obviously going to have more um, sort of time or more leeway in terms of mistakes than anyone else because of his sort of status within the club. But he wasn't really particularly qualified to to take on that role. He brought in Silvino, who wasn't qualified to take on his role. Um, the sort of collateral of him coming in, or corollary, whatever the word is, is that Florian Maurice, who's been doing a fantastic job as, as the chief scout, has left, funnily enough, to go to Ren, where he's doing a great job there now. <laughs> um, Garcia, I don't know what, what exact 
not I don't know what the thinking was. I know what the thinking was. I don't know who else was realistically available to take that role. But Garcia was always going to be controversial at best. Um, he's not getting the team playing the way that the fans would like. He's not getting the results. You know, if you got the results, even if you're playing poorly, well, <laughs> arguably that's what Genesio did. So it's not necessarily going to win the fans over. But, you know, that's the least you could expect from Garcia. He's not bringing through youth. Or when he is, it's more by accident than design. And then he tries to claim it and take the credit for it, which is just pissing the fans off even more. Um, for that reason, some of the younger players are leaving. Depay was always, you know, unsettled from the day he arrived. Awa, we've already discussed a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure it, whether it's a good or bad thing for him to leave. It depends if you have the which Awa you get. Um, you said they're trying to get the um, business done early. I mean, you know, even if he finishes tomorrow and the, the transfer window goes on to Wednesday, that's hardly early because there's certainly no time to bring anyone in. Um Everything is so un-Leon-like, considering how well they were run for so many years. And, and yeah, like I said, I mean, it was almost like a couple of those those bad signings a few years ago, Gorkov being the obvious one, kind of knocked Leon off that sort of regular and realistic European challenges to sort of, with respect, Arsenal style, yeah, they're going to qualify for Champions League every year, but don't expect them to ever um, ever sort of challenge for a trophy again. But this mess or, or the mess of sort of last summer has, has kind of knocked them down another echelon. And, and now, for, I mean, you really don't see where the goals are coming from. Um, they're relying on people like Kakare kind of keep the team going and he's capable but he's still a kid um Shirky I'm sure is going to get bored soon because he's not getting regular first team action and frankly he's on another level to, to a lot of the rest of the team um as I said loads of times before you know changing up or changing down um Terrier and Guiri for Toko Kambi and Kadawera is absolute madness Dembele looks like he's lost all form. Depay and Awa don't want to be there. They can't get rid of Anderson because he was so bad last year. Um, yeah. They they got rid of three fullbacks but haven't really brought any in. It's just everything there is a complete mess and I can't see it turning around quickly at all. Yeah. I think, um, go back to what Jess said, possibly... Chris, sorry, about the whole Arsenal equivalence is obviously Lyon have been used to being in the Champions League. Mm. And we were once upon I, a time. You know, whatever, but we'll be in the Champions League and, and that'll be a window and a, a, a screen for everybody. But they're not. And they're not in the Europa League either. We've got Seriously Charlie on Twitter, who is is a wonderful follower, if you are interested in Lyon. Seriously Charlie, he... It is French, but not always. And not always French-French, if you see what I mean. Um, he's talking about, you know, Lyon fans watching the Champions League draw, like, you know, drinking a milkshake 
or something because that has i think that might be the shock to the system that that is needed maybe because they've been doing this thing all the time and it's always worked and this time oh it hasn't yeah what can we do and i I think they are very very um that has come as a big blow obviously last season in france it was uh, finished at a certain point and there were weighted points. Lots of Leon fans going, we would have recovered, we would have recovered. But to be out, I think, is something that is very painful yeah. for them. And that's why they need to look at it. As Jess said, you've got youth players moving on, which is a problem if you're not bringing in new people then you need to promote your youth players if they fucked off somewhere else then you got nothing you've got a problem mm. yeah I mean, we, we should say at time of recording um this being the first of october that neither or nor Depay have left um it, you know it's still speculation at this I, point but... i swear to god i have seen the announce our yeah, so many times i am now seeing it as pronounce our yeah and, um as our wonderful leon correspondent uh tarik amir has pointed out if you just listen to is it technotronic um that's how you pronounce our yeah and, and don't get it wrong the, the blow of leon not being in the champions league but i mean that's fine if you kind of treat it as a wake-up call and a chance yeah. to get your house in order but it really exactly. doesn't feel like they are and ren adelaide yeah. is kind of a good example i mean a lot of leon fans are kind of on his back about what he said but i'm inclined to kind of agree with him i don't think he's been treated well um there is still a chance that he might stay um but you know that's another sort of sort of self-inflicted um mm. you know fire, file or whatever that they need to, to work on yeah um, and another distraction and another top quality player who's either not playing or or not in the mood or whatever when he mm. could be helping them out a lot on the pitch and i wonder about the the, the depth of the sort of selfishly from a, my point of view with, with the ord in particular it's very clear that, that leon are, are more than happy to sell and are more than happy to to take a, a deal that suits them but that they're sort of playing the fire a little bit in respect of that you know Arsenal don't have a huge amount of money at their disposal at the moment and that is fact and are clearly not willing to meet the sort of 50 slash 60 that Olas originally had in mind. He's now dropped that down to sort of more like, okay, we'll go to 50. And I have a feeling that, that somewhere in the middle of that is, will be where it ends. And the latest information I have anyway is Arsenal going back with, with 46, which seems like a, a sort of a in the middle price. It'll be interesting to see if they accept it. But then they still have... Yeah, I agree. Leon should definitely just bend over and, and let Arsenal get there. Oh, no, 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 I'm not saying... <laughs> <laughs> that for a second and, and I agree with his his stance but but if what I'm saying is if if he doesn't accept a deal whereby somewhere in the middle there's a, a very good chance that the deal doesn't happen it collapses and then you've either got a player who I mean I don't think oh, down tools he's not the type he'd, he'd obviously play on for for a, a season he's he down tools for three weeks a month anyway so we'll see but um but but yeah I mean I I just feel that that this 
this far down the road and and this is and i i completely agree with olas coming out and defending his club and and being forthright in the way he does things and everything for him is leon i get that but the minute you make it public you're willing to sell the player you kind of hang yourself out to dry if you don't sell that player all us has done this for years exactly yeah exactly so and so isn't for sale but if somebody puts in a decent offer say this much then yes then they'll go and that's how in a sense he broke the trend we saw for many years Mm. of french teams not valuing their players correctly yeah. Got players moving from French club to French club for two million. Yeah. Who would go to well, Newcastle may not be the best example in the world, but they would pay top dollar. And I think it was all us who first noticed that actually these people over here in the premiership are idiots. We can charge them whatever. And um, he so he has had that habit for a while. I understand that it may not be the best thing for the PR for the player to be reading in the paper. Hang on, what? Yeah. I'm, I'm moving where for how much? Um, but he has done that, and I think that's something maybe he's had to do. If you look at the transfer market in the Premier League it's ludicrous and so this is maybe just a a way to get into that level of money yeah I mean I I guess think they've gone too far this time yeah I think that's that's the thing I think putting into context his his as I say usual approach to the transfer window yeah, this, this summer of all summers, that's the one I, I just feel yeah. it's sort of a little bit risky. But yeah, final thing on this one, Jess? Oh, no, I just, I mean, this summer of all summers, I agree in principle, but when you got Semedo going for 40 million, for example, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> even, even for fun of going for 35, 40 million, then I think it's perfectly reasonable to put a price of at least 50 million on our. And it depends, it all depends what what really is the situation with Leon, whether they really need the money or not. And obviously how much our is really pushing to leave or not. You know, we had it with Fekir as well. um, that It looked like he absolutely wanted to leave. But, you know, he did well enough in his next season, having to stay one more season. Awa still is only 22, I think. He has got time on his side. Um, And it's not, you know, I think... Leon do make it clear every year, you know, however, whatever words they couch it. And I think it's clear which players um, are sellable and which are not. And I don't think it's putting, hanging players out to dry. You know, they've got this phrase in France, bon de sortie, which is, you know, almost like, a, I don't know, get out, of, not get out of jail free card, but, you know, you've got your past if you want mm. it. You know, you, you've earned your right for us to let you go if you want to, as long as we get the right amount of cash for it. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, we don't necessarily know whether Leon needs to sell him or not and whether Aroua will throw a strop if he, if he isn't sold. But um, I, I don't think Leon should sort of not be held to ransom, but I think that they're entitled to, to hold out for what they think he's worth. Yeah, aren't, they a, aren't they a PLC? There was a couple of years ago they had to sell someone late doors to make their accounts work. 
Yeah, I, I don't know if it's the anything. Of that or the DNCG as well, I'm not sure. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that being a pressure this year. No, no, I, I, I haven't. I haven't, I must admit. And I mean, yeah, I, I suppose it, time will tell whether you know either or, or both deals go through or, or whatnot. And it will be interesting to see what Leon's squad uh, is, what the, the end goal of Leon's squad is once the, the window shuts. But I guess we'll see. Um, I guess we'll see. But to uh, to leave that one or that smoking gun behind, um, have a lovely weekend, Leon fans. I'm sure that cheered you up no end. But uh, we will just... Um, they won't have a lovely weekend because they're playing... Playing Marseille. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair point. Actually, it's really not going to be a lovely weekend. Oh, yeah, it? true. And against Marseille of all teams. Yeah, yeah of all teams. Um, we will just um, have a, a we'll have a quick look at the fixtures coming up in a second. I did just want to um, I'm, I'm actually going to gloss over this fairly quickly because I don't really want to get into something that's a month away. But the Champions League draw was done today, um, and we'd be remiss of me not to mention the fact that it has been done. The first group stages, by the way, group stage going to in October. Um, actually, won the 20th and 21st dates for your diary so 20 days basically and uh, Ren have been drawn alongside Sevilla, Chelsea and Krasnodar in group E, E for Elephant. Uh, PSG have got a group with uh, Manchester United, <laughs> remember them, the, the club that always got easy draws, well this year not so much, they've also got Leipzig and Istanbul Basak Shakit, no Basak Shahir. There we go, got there in the end, third time lucky. Uh, and Marseille have got Group C, uh, C for Cat, Porto, Man City, Olympiacos, and OM. Um, that looks like a group OM could very easily get through or very easily go and finish, go and finish bottom off. I, I cannot make up my mind. Um, PSG, I think, realistically should be favourites for that group. They are the seeded club. Um, I, th- I would imagine they'll come through that barring any minor miracles and um, Sevilla that, that group fascinates me slightly because Chelsea I'm not the least bit convinced by Krasnodar it's open sort of box of spanners you're just not really sure what you're going to get from Russian clubs in, in Europe and Sevilla uh, obviously fantastic run last season in the Europa League but again depends on how many of their players are, are picked off before the end of the window and, and what sort of what sort of level they've got left in their legs, I guess. So I think Ren have got a, a puncher's chance in that group, but as always, it will come down to um, to the games yeah, against I, the lesser sides. I I I don't see OM as having a good chance of getting through their group. Actually. It just depends, doesn't it? I mean, Olympiacos. Well, yeah, I know, but that wouldn't have been the the, the view I started with. Porto, it could have been Man easier, City, and Olympiacos. Mm. I, I think I think Porto of Porto look a decent outfit this year. They they've strengthened. Uh, yeah, and Olympiacos are as I know from my same regret. Mm. They do like a European competition, and they come in numbers. And yeah, like although they may may not be this year, of course. But yeah, um, they're a tough nut to crack. I mean, uh, yeah, I th- I think it just depends as usual with any. I think you say this for every single Marseille game you ever watch ever in the, in the modern era. Just depends what Marseille turns up. Uh, Vias Boas has got a, a decent sort of uh, European pedigree, so I guess we'll see. Um, but yes, yeah, so those if you're games. Playing um, a kid up front, it's not a good look. No, no. Um, well, yes, that's Marseille. I'll say good grief. Anyway, um, but yeah, those games come up on, as I say, the 20th and 21st of October, the first match day groups. Um, for those of you who are interested or that care, and there's another match day group at the end of October, two match days in November, uh, three in December, 
and then we're into February, March, April, and so on. Assuming, of course, the world hasn't uh, blown up Christmas by then. Christmas actually happens. Yes, it does, yeah, although it might be cancelled this year like everything else. Yeah. Um, moving on. So, Jez, uh, French squad. Uh, we've got a squad's been announced today. We've got three fixtures in a week. Good times. Uh, Ukraine in on the 7th of October, so basically after this after this group. Uh, Round of uh, Liga games. We've got the international game straight afterwards, so it's on the seventh of October. The friendly with Ukraine. Uh, that's at the Stade de France. Also at the Stade de France. Then uh, four days later is the Nations League game against Portugal. It's on the eleventh, and uh, followed by that we've got Croatia. Uh, that's away from home on the fourteenth. Um, so just briefly, Jez, a couple of players returning. Not a lot else to see here. Would that be fair to say on the French squad? Yeah, I think so. You've gone very quiet, Jess. I can't hear you. Um, I don't know why. Is that any oh. better? You, you, you're far, far away in the distance. Um, I have no idea why. I don't know. Okay. Carry on. I can just about hear you now. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, Camavinga and, and Rabio stay in the squad. They've earned their place, I think. Um, it's nice to see Tolisso back. Pogba as well, amazingly for the first time in about 16 months due to injuries and COVID and him having COVID. Um, Awa gets his, his chance finally, weirdly named as one of the attackers. Um, Martial's still not, is there, sorry. Um, no Lacazette, which um, upsets Arsenal fans, but there you go. I think probably that, that ship has sailed now. Um, interestingly, the a couple of players that have dropped out are um, Fekir, which kind of shows a sort of changing of the guard, sort of Lyon-wise, with Alwar kind of taking his place. Um, also, interestingly, Ferran Mendy dropped out, which I am surprised at. Um, there's only really one out-and-out left-back there, which is Dean. Um, maybe that's a little bit... Well, that's Hernandez, obviously, who plays there as well. I think that's a little bit harsh on Mendy, perhaps. Um, and Sissoko, who's sort of Deschamps' go-to utility man. Um, I don't think anyone's going to shed too many tears about him not being in the squad. Um, but yeah, as usual, very exciting 24-man squad. Um, one more player just because of the or two more players yeah. because of the extra match. And again, looking down, you've got under 21, who've got a really strong squad, but Ripple just really doesn't get the best out of them. We've got Sherky in the under 19s and under 20s. So, the usual thing with the France squads, lots of depth all the way down in the age groups, and just a question of whether whether they're able to put it all together and how much will the anti Deschamps squad are, are sort of obsessed with the fact that winning every match, not winning every match, sort of 4 0 apparently isn't good enough. But uh, yeah. They're, they're a tough couple of matches. Obviously, Portugal has become a, kind of a little bit of a grudge match. And then away to Croatia after the last two four twos against Croatia. So, um, yeah, some intriguing couple of matches there. Yeah. Yeah, should be uh, should be very much worth a worth a tune in. Um, football is football at the end of the day, particularly when the internationals are on. It's um, sort of any games that are live tend to tune into, uh, particularly the French ones rather than any others. But yeah, it is a very quick turnaround for international games. But we have got one more 
round of Ligue 1 before then. Um, the weekend's fixtures are as follows. PSG Angers is tomorrow night's game. Time recording Friday night. Uh, you'd imagine a fairly comfortable win at home for PSG, mm-hmm. you'd think. Uh, Lens Saint Etienne. That suddenly looks a bit more tasty. Two to, two clubs right at the top of the uh, top end of the league. So that should be a good one for the four o'clock Saturday game. Uh, nice Nantes. Likewise, uh, Nantes um, performing a little better in recent weeks. That should be decent on the Saturday night. And then on the Sunday you have Montpellier. Nîmes is the early game. The um, derby. The derby, indeed. All sorts of bans in place from the prefecture, from the police, from wherever. So, yeah, that should be fun. All the fun of the fair, yeah, indeed. <laughs> um, you've then got uh, Bordeaux-Dijon and Brest-Monaco. Then, of course, as we mentioned earlier, the Chris Jess Derby, Mets hosting Lorient, so fairly easy three points for Lorient there. Uh, Strasbourg against Lille is the other game at 2pm that day. That might be worth a watch as well. Lille have been quite impressive this season. Uh, Rennes against Rams, I love saying that one. Uh, that's at four o'clock. And Lyon Marseille, as we touched on earlier on, is, is, well, it is the standout fixture of the that weekend. That is a really, definite Sunday night, get the pizza in and... That's a classic, isn't it? Yeah, feet I, up and, and enjoy. I will be watching the derby and then obviously uh, the multiplex for all the fun of the fair. But yeah, that's a great way to wind off a weekend, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, should be should be worth a look. Um, right, okay. Um, we're going to draw a line there because we, uh, we are conscious of time. We had a quite a good debate earlier on with with Leon in particular so we're, we're gonna draw a line there but um, thank you very much for tuning in as always um, just to keep you updated obviously uh, with the pods um, yes we're here most weeks there will be the occasional week like last week where schedules just don't align so apologies for that but we're still here so obviously if you have got questions or whatnot and if we do happen to miss any weeks and just please drop us a line if there's something that is a burning issue and we'll do our best to cover it uh, also if you have any sound issues this week apologies we've um, had a little bit of problem with recording this week for whatever reason uh, it's yeah, not our fault it's the, ro- it's the robots <laughs> it's nobody's fault but these things happen but hopefully you've been able to to hear us uh, waffle on that's that's the most important part but we uh, we aim to be back next week as usual to wrap up the uh, league on games so uh, until then jez uh, i would like to wish you the very worst of luck on sunday i hope all of your players legs fall off <laughs> I think it might be best if I take over the FFW Twitter feed for this one. (laughs) I will not tweet a thing, I promise. (laughs) Um, But no, in all seriousness, uh, thank you for your... So yeah, we saying, can't hear him. He's in a cupboard. We can't hear him. Uh, yeah, he's he gone right. very quiet. I right. think he said something about an 88th-minute leveller. Um, honestly, if that happens again, I don't think we'll ever see Jazz again. So I, I really hope <laughs> that doesn't happen. Um, thank you, Phil, for your time Aww. as well. Good luck in the derby. Thank you very much. Hopefully the town will not be on fire. Yes, we can but hope for the small things in life. Uh, until next week, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for bearing with us. And uh, enjoy your French football. We'll speak to you soon.